The following podcast contains language that may be offensive to some listeners. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. Be careful with me. Be careful with oh, me. <laughs> I'm Felix Contreras. I'm Jasmine Garst. Next week, the Spanish language network Univision is going to be broadcasting the 13th annual Latin Grammy Awards. And I wouldn't even say we have a love-hate relationship with the Latin Grammys. I hate the Grammys. Don't hold back. <laughs> just tell us exactly. You know, I just think of the, the Grammys in general like a thrift store. There's a lot of stuff being recycled that is not very good. And then if you dig around, you find some real gems. That's really good. <laughs> you held out. That's very good. And in that spirit, what we've decided to do is poke around in that thrift store of Grammy categories and the numerous categories, which you see on television is just a handful of the many awards that they give. And while we do have a problem, we both have a problem with some of the uh, songs, some of the music that is nominated and performed, there are a lot of hidden gems in those categories. And that's what we're digging out today. And we're starting with... Mambo. The Mambo Legends, actually. This is from the album Watch Out, Ten Cuidado. And the name of the song is... Watch Out. Ten Cuidado. Felix, we've had this conversation, and, and we've had it even with some guest hosts. Um, it, it seems the consensus is that old-school classic salsa and mambo is awesome. Everyone loves it. And then something happened, and it kind of stagnated. That's how you feel about it, right? There's a certain sound that's associated with the salsa from the 70s that came from the Fania All-Stars and those recordings and the smaller labels as well. Coming from New York... Uh, from the mid, you know, early 70s on through probably just about the late 70s. That's a certain sound. And then it started to get more uh, commercialized. It started to sound the same. And, and while it takes a lot of effort, a lot of skill to play this music, it still sounded like, like they were doing it in their sleep. This band is recreating the sound of what they call, of what we call the big three. Tito Puente, Machito, and Tito Rodriguez from the golden era of the Mambo, which is the 1950s in New York. They all played at this amazing dance studio called the Palladium Ballroom in New York. And that's where the big three played. And that's what this band is recreating. Well, and the Mambo legends are the former musicians of the Tito Puente Orchestra. And, you know, I think that's probably why I, I love this so much, because I live for classic salsa and mambo. I love that stuff. And so it always kind of pains me when I go through the tropical categories and I don't find anything I actually like yeah. because it's just so synthesizer heavy and just so polished and the vocals are just doing that whole American Idol vibrato thing that is, it, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel salsa. And I was really happy and excited to find Mambo Legends uh, nominated for a Best Salsa Album because I just, I think this sounds 
old school, but it's also playful. It doesn't take itself too seriously, and it's just good. It's just got that grimy salsa nightclub feel to it. And you know, when you consider some of the guys in the band, uh, the three leaders of the band, a guy named Mitch Froman, who's a horn player who played with Puente for a long Tito Puente for a long time, and then Jose Madera, who's the musical arranger and the conga player and the timbali player, played with Puente for decades. And his father actually played with Machito back in the 40s and the 50s. And then John Dandy Rodriguez is the bongo player, and he played with Puente since he was like 17 years old in the early 60s. He did a lot of other stuff. So these guys are the real deal, and they're dedicated to that sound, and they're all very nice guys and accomplished musicians. finally found out who's the real deal here, all right? I love this band so much. Can we hear Birdland? Let's hear their version of the Weather Report tune that became almost a hit, <laughs> but done in a mambo fashion. This is Birdland. school this could be like from the solat in Havana rumba wawanko that they start with and then they drop in the the very famous opening notes of Birdland this is a class this is a great cut I'm so happy they were nominated right? they deserve the recognition started the show we talked about how we kind of dislike the the Latin Grammys and the Grammys in general and and now might be a good time to explain why or with the Grammys in general all kind of award shows I think in general because number one I think music is not a competition so they they pit people against each other just like in the Academy Awards you know there's that element of competition to it that isn't very fair although they try to categorize things and make it seem fair but it's not a competition, so that's one of my principal beefs with it. But the other problem I have is they seem to go for the least common denominator. They seem to go for the stuff that's popular, and popular isn't always the best uh, artistic expression. With the Latin Grammys, they're 13 years old now. Some years they select a lot of great music, and other years, like I think this year, there's just not a lot of great music that's been, that has been selected, but there's a lot of great music that's been made. It just seems like the same people doing the same thing over and over and over again. And and there's just so much new stuff happening. And, you know, it's really exciting. Some of the people that we're going to hear on the show today, it's exciting that they've been nominated. I mean, someone like Carla Morrison, who's relatively a newcomer. But there could be so much more of that. No worries. We got your back. Like we said, we're digging through... And, and bringing you what we are most excited about. And you're going to hear a little bit of music that you don't normally hear on the show because we will d address the Latin alternative uh, category. 
but there's going to be some instrumental stuff. There's going to be some jazz. There's going to be some uh, some more Cuban music. So there's a nice potpourri of stuff that we're going to hear. Since we're in the Palladium era of the 1950s, let's stay back there metaphorically. Let's stay back there and go to an album that was nominated in the best jazz category. This is the Chano Pozo medley from the album Chano y Dizzy from Poncho Sanchez featuring Terrence Blanchard. about the genre is the way the instruments and vocalists are having a conversation with each other. The, the singer is saying, you know, oye mi negra, no sé qué, and then the, the, the trumpet is responding to him. Right. Like, it's his woman responding. And I, to me, that's, it goes beyond poetry. It goes beyond visual art. It's, it's just beautiful. You're comparing your woman to this gorgeous trumpet. That's, I'm a jazz fan, yes. You're a jazz tech. <laughs> jazz tech. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm very interested by how um, these exiled uh, Cuban musicians ended up embracing jazz and how when the Castro regime took over, the, jazz was not well seen. It was seen as a form of cultural imperialism. Oh, man. Okay. This was without having to turn the whole show over into a history lesson. You know, jazz was popular in Cuba before the revolution uh, because jazz became, if you think about Las Vegas, Atlantic City, you know, it was a playground for people to go and play because they had the Tropicana nightclub, which was very, very famous for uh, shows. They put on shows with dance girls and elaborate orchestrations and all that. So a lot of the jazz musicians would go over and hang out and watch that. Jazz musicians would go to Cuba and play. And it was a, an, an American, it was a gangster's paradise. It was 
more or less a gangster's paradise and people that's where the money was and that's there's always been an interesting line between gangster money and musicians and what they can do with it and what and how they support the the industry and and when the cuban revolution took took place i mean a lot of the line of thinking was we're tired of being a gangster's paradise and being exploited so i imagine that jazz fell through through that right jazz became unpopular in in cuba in in the sh in the short version explanation jazz did become unpopular and because it was associated with that debauchery it was associated with the united states you know and that's that's pretty much they didn't like the government didn't like that didn't prefer that so they it, it's it went underground and and like i said that it's it's nuanced it's complex we're it's gonna, very we're emotional we're going to explore it in a show soon there are ways soon yeah. to theaters near you <laughs> <laughs> but all that to say is that you know even before all of that happened a lot of the 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 major developments in latin jazz happened here in new york with uh new york with happened here in new york with cuban musicians from cuba and jazz musicians like i said Dizzy Gillespie and Chano Pozo in 1947 around about the same time there was a guy named Frank Grillo that they called he called himself Machito he had the best band i think ever still to this day machito's afro-cubans were the Latin jazz band because they combined the big band jazz of Duke Ellington, Chick Webb, all of those guys, and the small group ensemble sound with conga and the tres, you know, like a conjunto sound, and they mastered it. The Afro-Cubans, if you listen to some of the old recordings from the, the late 40s, early 50s, it still gives me chills. It's still the best stuff I've ever heard, and it sounds as fresh today as it did back in 1947. It's just stunning. So a lot of the music, a lot of the music recorded back then influenced the sound and then they, it went from there. In fact, that's a nice segue into our next artist because now we're going to play another nominee for best jazz album. This is by the gentleman by the name of Jerry Gonzalez. Now, if you could imagine, Jerry Gonzalez is a conga player. He's also a trumpet player. So when you hear this track, he's playing congas, and then later on goes back and records the trumpet part, plays the lead part. And when he performs with his band, uh, the band here in, in the United States called Fort Apache, he alternates between the two. This is with the band that he has in Spain called El Comando de la Clave. This is so good. I almost wonder if when we talk about salsa and mambo just not living up to what it was back in the day if it's because it was so good there was just no improving it uh, I, I don't know about that I mean because this is a new album this is from this year and this is what it's in that spirit that spirit of exploration that spirit of using the parameters of what's called Latin jazz sure. and in this case 
this a lot of people refer to this as jazz Latin because it's a, it's more jazz huh. and then the Latin's underneath. It's in that spirit where they construct something new because this is this is something he did in an album with his other band called Fort Apache back in 1991 and this is one of their favorite tunes. I've played in bands with this song and this song is an amazing, it's a lot of fun to play because there's so many areas to explore. It's a Cuban huahuanco underneath which is the rhythm and then there's jazz changes in the chords of the piano on top there's Afro-Cuban rumba patterns and, and all the other instruments underneath. So I don't know that it's the older stuff is better. There are still people now playing stuff that is still very vibrant, very exploratory. I've heard Spanglish be described as the ultimate form of jazz mm. because it plays on each other rhythmically and you're playing with the other speaker and you're, you're improvising. And I think in general, I mean, every time I'm in Latin America and I'm just seeing everything being kind of improvised and moving rapidly and things working, even though they're not supposed to, and this perfectly um, choreographed choreography, I think of jazz. It's so true. That's very nice. That was just beautiful, Felix. And now we're going to try something a little different. So we want to invite somebody to come into the studio with us. Hey, Tom. Hey, guys. Hey, Tom. How you doing? Good. 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 Tom Heisinga is our classical music expert. Oh, something like that, I guess. Tom is one of the two people responsible for the Deceptive Cadence blog here on NPR Music. And he's joining us to talk about classical music because while we both have an appreciation, we're not even close to being... Uh, qualified to talk about the classical nominations in the Latin Grammys. Like we said, there is a lot of great music there. There's a classical category. So, Tom, welcome. Hey, thanks. That's why I make the big bucks. It's cla classical music, you know. To. What is this? Well, we are listening to something that is uh, nominated on the uh, Latin Grammy list here in the classical department, and that is um, music from a Puerto Rican composer named Ernesto Cordero. He actually teaches uh, guitar at the University of Puerto Rico right now, and uh, the record that is uh, being considered is on the Noxos label, and it contains a concerto, guitar concerto that he wrote for um, Spanish guitarist Pepe Romero. Oh, that's beautiful. I like what he's 
the guitar work that you pointed out. Yeah, there's the little whiffs of tango and yeah. flamenco going on. And uh, in, in some of the other music on the disc, he actually uh, weaves in some flavors from the island, including uh, there's kind of a homage to Puerto Rico's golden hummingbird and even some uh, Caribbean dance elements that are that are actually, uh, you know, way back when they're uh, African in origin. So it's a record that really reflects not only Puerto Rico, but other other uh, Latin American countries as well. This is good. You so know, you love this. Uh, you know, I do. I think this I think this is a, a good choice. You know, like looking at the list here, um, you know, there are quite a few things on it. I mean. There's the Dvorak Seventh Symphony, and you know Dvorak is from <laughs> Czechoslovakia. <laughs> um, wouldn't catch him speaking Spanish, but uh, the, the reason why it's on the list is because the conductor is is a Latino. So, and that always kind of, I don't know, maybe that strikes me as a little bit weird. But frankly, in the classical music world, I don't really think that much about whether people are Latino or whether they're Chinese or whether they're American because the whole classical scene is so international anyway. Right. You know, right. so um, there there's a I'll be honest, there are a few records here that uh, I don't know anything about that that caught me kind of by surprise. Is there anyone that you feel should just not be on that list? Well, well, to be honest, there's a record that I, I've heard quite a bit that I don't really like that much, although the composer is um, uh, Francisco Mignone. He's a Brazilian composer, and he wrote some string quartets, and uh, the Quarteto Latinoamericano put out a record of these quartets um, way early in the year, and I, I, I just uh, I could not ever quite get into it. And I think we let's talk a little bit about the the history of classical music or symphonic music within Latin America because maybe a lot of people don't realize that it has a long history. It goes back quite a ways. Oh, there's a super long history. Um and even uh give us oh. the entire history. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, sorry, this is going to be a really long show. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a caveman <laughs> who beat on a piece of wood. Jose. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is a there is a long tradition. We usually think of classical music as kind of like European dead mm-hmm. white guys, but there's there's definitely a long tradition in Latin America, both in in operatic music and symphonic music. And I mean, just if you take Mexico, um, you know, there are there are several huge figures in classical music just from Mexico, like uh, Carlos Chavez, who was interested in pre-Columbian music and who was influential. Uh, who was an influence on American composers like uh, Aaron Copland and Leonard Bernstein. So there's a huge, there's a huge tradition. And I think also the stereotype is that it, it sounds very European, but as, as some of your, uh, your selection today, that Puerto Rican composer shows, I mean, there's a lot of el- fusing of elements. Right. And then, then, then there's kind of the stereotype where people talk about Latin American classical music and they're thinking of the Spanish guitar. No, and that's about as far as it goes. It really runs... With like a button-down shirt. (laughs) It runs way deeper than that. You know, I look on the list, then I I see certain things that, uh, you know, I I think of the the music that I've listened to in the last year, and there are a couple of things that probably should have been on the list. I mean, one is this this fabulous pianist... um, uh, Jorge Luis Prats. Have you ever heard of him? No. Uh, it's probably because he's from Cuba, and um, he won an important European piano competition back in 1977, and then since then he had a tough time really making a career and, and touring and traveling freely. Um, an album that was released this past spring, he recorded in Spain, 
and that was uh, reportedly his first kind of big European comeback recital. So it's a really, it's, it's a sweet story. This guy's 55 years old. He signs with a really swanky label now, and he's got this terrific record that was um, recorded live. And I think we should hear just a, a little bit of it. Um, it's music of Eitor Villa-Lobos, the, the Brazilian composer, and part of his Baquianas Brasileiras number four. It's a vigorous dance, but there's a, a little uh, folk tune that you can hear that comes in in a moment just kind of from afar. It's really beautiful. Pianist Jorge Luis Prats in a, in a record called, uh, well, it's just called Live from Zaragoza, which is where he recorded it. Tom Izinga, thank you so much for coming in and sharing some Latin Grammy nominations in the classical field. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Tom. definitely very chill mellow mood and i think that might be a great way to transition into our latin alternative category what do you think definitely let's do it I am so excited about this nomination. This is Carla Morrison from Mexico. This is the album Déjenme Llorar, or Let Me Cry, really one of our favorites of the year. And she earned four nominations, but not only for Best Alternative Album and Alternative Song, two major nominations for Carla Morrison, Best Album of the Year and Best Song of the Year. That's huge. This is a case where the Academy actually got it right for a change because they chose somebody beyond the mainstream. I think we can consider Carla an alternative artist. Absolutely. But with mainstream appeal in this case. Yeah. Because we love her for her talent and her voice and her songwriting. We've played her music a lot on this show because we're such big fans and we're very, very happy, like you said, that she got nominated. 
Speaking of amazing singers, check this out. This is Martnalia, Martnalia from Brazil. Namora conmigo, fall in love with me. Hoje eu estou sozinha, você está na minha. Não adianta se esconder. Já não tem mais jeito, tudo está perfeito. Agora é só eu e você. Juntos na mesma estrada Atravessando a madrugada Pra ver o sol nascer Em nossa aurora perceber A delícia de viver Tudo que a gente sempre quis Olhar nos olhos de alguém E consegui dizer Estou feliz Again, finding gems amidst all the names. Who is this? This, I mean, who is she? This is so nice. So, Martnalia Mendoza is a singer and songwriter and percussionist. She's carioca. She's from Rio de Janeiro. She's worked very closely with legends like uh, Maria Bethania, Caetano Veloso. I first discovered Martnalia through a collaboration with Brazilian rapper Emicida, which we've played on our show, the song Quero Ver Quarta Feira. Um, and I, I really loved her voice. And this is a song Namora Conmigo, Fall in Love With Me. And the album is called Não Tente Comprender, Don't Try to Understand. It's nominated for Best Brazilian Contemporary Pop Album. Musically, the album is a little bit too pop for me. But her voice... I love it. It's, it's stunning. It's just so smoky and thick 
and heartfelt and it just takes me back to you know people like Carla Morrison who maybe their voice isn't this impeccable instrument instrument but, but that's not the point the point is that it's so filled with emotion that sometimes it just leaks Now, Brazilian music is one of the areas where they have multiple categories, uh, and it's. I think any category would be an area of exploration because so much of it is not heard here in the United States on a regular basis. We're going to continue with the best instrumental category, and this year, as our friend Tom Huizinga was talking about earlier, some of this stuff in this category makes no sense. And in specifically, there's a great album by Chick Corea, Eddie Gomez, and a drummer named Paul Motion. It's a great jazz album. It's an instrumental jazz album. It's a trio album. I really like the album, but it makes no sense for it to be in this category because Eddie Gomez played on it. You know, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. There were so many instrumental albums that we played on our show that surely should have been included. But enough with what shouldn't be there. The Academy did have the sense to include an album called Alma Adentro, the Puerto Rican songbook, and it's by a saxophonist by the name of Miguel Zenon, who is one of the rising stars of jazz right now. Not just Latin jazz, but jazz. And I think I know why, because what Miguel Zenon did with this album, with a trio of albums, is that he went back and explored music from his native island of Puerto Rico. And in this case, he chose classic Puerto Rican songwriters and, and reinterpreted their music. 
And what fascinates me about Miguel Zenon, another Puerto Rican saxophonist named David Sanchez, a Venezuelan pianist named Ed Simon, uh, musicians like that, they're all 30-somethings, and they're all playing jazz, but adding in influences from their country. So it's, it's not clave-driven, it's not Afro-Cuban, it's not something that you would recognize. They're reimagining, they're recreating, they're doing something new, and this album is just a fascinating, deep exploration of songwriting and song arrangement. Now, to give you an idea of what I see as the genius behind Miguel Zenon's work, here is iconic Puerto Rican vocalist Tito Rodriguez singing the song Tiemblas, which is the song that Miguel is reinterpreting. Tiemblas, cada vez que me ves, yo sé que tiemblas. No hay misterio de ti que yo no entienda. Porque tratas de ocultar. Here's what I love about this. In the background, it's very frantic. Agreed? Uh, sort of. Like the percussion, and it, it feels frantic. And then the saxophone is very mellow and calm. And to me, I always, I don't know, I always feel weird talking about jazz because, like I said, I'm no connoisseur, but I love it. But this is perfect. This is perfect because I'm a big jazz fan and I really like for people to talk about jazz that don't know a lot about it because it's just honest. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of how you're explaining this. So for me, what it feels like is like walking through a crazy busy city calmly. And there's all this crazy traffic and people and, and you're just calm and walking through it because you are that saxophone. You know, I recently had a very wonderful opportunity to uh, moderate a panel discussion with my good friend Marvet Perez from the Smithsonian and Miguel Zenon, and we talked about the album, and he is a very sincere, very serious musician who's very dedicated to his culture, or I should say his two cultures, his Puerto Rican culture and his jazz culture. I just think the future of the music is resting on this kind of stuff. Really? I just think the world of these guys, these young jazz musicians who are exploring their culture through jazz. So you kind of brought things to the table today that I, I was expecting. I, I do want to say 
one of the things I love about doing this show is how much I challenge my tastes. In preparing this show that we're airing today, I fell in love with an entirely new genre of music. Really? Yes. Felix, I want you to meet my new boyfriend. <laughs> it's called Vaginato. <laughs> I think it's an, a genre that I never really, really dove into. And it's, I think it's very important that the Recording Academy recognizes that and selects as a whole category for it to give these musicians, because they're not touring the world. They're not doing all the great big concerts. They're out there making a living, struggling. And something like this, a Latin Grammy nomination even, is a big deal for them. And it goes to show that you love things when you're ready because we went to Valledupar when we were in Colombia remember Felix yep. we toured Colombia for what two three weeks two weeks um, and we went to Valledupar which is the birthplace of Vallenato Vallenato literally means born of the valley Vallenato and we were there and we had a lot of people play Vallenato we saw a children's Vallenato school and it was really nice but I you know, I was very excited about some other forms of music that we were exploring. And and it's funny, like, I'm something about me is just ready to love this form of music. I think what I love about it is that, and I mean this in a totally loving way, it sounds almost broken. Do, do you hear that, though, in oh, the yeah. voice, in the accordion? Oh, yeah. It sounds like broken toys. It's, yeah, broken toys is a good way of putting it. And, and just a rawness. An yeah. intense rawness and genu genuine sound, genuine, ex genuine expression. This is the song Sueño con Maria, I Dream of Maria. And it just tells the story of how he dreams that he makes Maria fall in love with him. It, and the album is called Le Canta San Jacinto, and it's nominated for Best Cumbia Vallenato Album. It was by Juan Piña and Rodrigo Rodriguez. <laughs> You mentioned that I brought music that you expected me to bring. And since, since my background in music is so much in Afro-Cuban music, I guess I did lean that way a little bit more than, oh, it's all good. than, I, than I thought. And I'm going to bring one more song. But this is from a category of best long-form video. Hmm. And it's about a gentleman by the name of Manuel Galvan. He's a guitar player from Cuba, and he's got an interesting history that we'll hear about in a second. 
But we're going to play his music and then explain who he is and then why the video is nominated and why I like it so much. This is a very clean sounding guitar. There's not a lot of effects. It's just basically the guitar going through the amplifier. And that's what Manuel Galvan did. He passed away last year. Uh, he passed away at his home in Havana. He's a guitarist from Havana and he was a member of a group called Los Zafiros. And they were a- Sapphires. They were a vocal group in the 60s that was like uh, American doo-wop and he played all this really tasty, beautiful guitar stuff behind it. They were inspired by the doo-wop groups here in the United States, people like the Platters, but their music was a fusion of Cuban genres and they called it feeling. The video was released uh, w along with an album called Blue Cha-Cha and like I said, it was released after he uh, passed away. It's a very beautiful video of him telling his story. They recorded him, they videotaped him before he passed and he tells his story and other people tell his story too. It's He's a, one of these forgotten gems, one of these forgotten behind the scenes musicians who are very important and who made really beautiful, wonderful music. And I, if you can go out and find the album and get the DVD, please do, because it's a great, great story. And, and like I said, just amazing music. I love what I brought next even more. <laughs> Always ruining the party, this Jasmine character. <laughs> uh, there was no way to successfully. I, you know, here's what I did: was I saved the guitar track before we played your last track because there's guitar in it, and there really is no way to. There's no way to <laughs> transition. No way to transition. So let's just hit it. Uh, but before we hit it, we should say the following song contains language that may be considered offensive by some listeners. Siempre tienes que abrirte con la boca, 
metida en las cosas donde nada te importa Mejor no te metas donde nadie te llama Aquí nadie te quiere, aquí nadie te extraña Dime, ¿quién te cedió la palabra? Te pones a hablar, luego nadie te calla ¿Por qué no lo piensas y no lo dices? Que nunca te cansas de meter las narices ¿Por qué no te ahorras tus comentarios? ¿Por qué te tendremos que escuchar a diario? Se sabe en su casa, en todo el vecindario Hay que estar escondidas porque sabes que caga el palo el puto de tu hermano Se pone borracho, se pone marihuano Me quiere joder y quiere chupar ¿Por qué no chupa faros? Me deja de molestar A mí, a mi gente, a mi broda, compadre Busca algún pretexto para romperle la madre Para que nadie se quede sin hablar Para que todos chinguemos igual Alright <laughs> So, um This is Chinga Tu Madre. Felix, um, no. as our local jazz tech, do you no, care to... No, <laughs> It's just, just telling you that. to, like, yeah. F off, yeah. basically. And um, this is Molotov, of course, uh, the Mexican rap rock group that at this point is just iconic from the album Deje Rusia Con Amor, from Russia with Love. They're nominated for Best Rock Album. And... I've heard this song so many times. You've heard this song so many times. It's still so, so good. And after seeing Molotov live for the first time in my life this year at Vive Latino, just being in the crowd with Molotov and everyone like yelling and screaming and sweating. So what I, I'm trying to say is that I love this album because it captures that live energy which is so important to this band. And this was all taped when they were in, in Russia, touring through Russia. What better way to end this week's show? <laughs> <laughs> this is still out Latino. <laughs> We want to remind you that you can hear each one of these songs in their entirety on our website at npr.org slash altlatino. And our conversation continues when the show ends on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to follow us because we talk about everything on Facebook and Twitter. We talk about culture, arts, movies. We have some pretty interesting debates on there. And in relation to this week's show, we want to remind you that you can watch the Latin Grammys on the Univision Television Network on November 15th. They're coming live from Las Vegas this year. You know, tune in if you want, if you want a couple laughs. I'm Felix Contreras. And I'm Jasmine Garst. This is still alt latino. <laughs> <laughs> Chinga tu madre.